Hello everyone, my name is Anton Meshkov and today I'm talking with Joseph El Hayek. He is a founder member of the Restart Beirut Committee. I'm very happy that you could join the podcast and tell us about the project that you're doing. I think it's a it's a very important thing and it's a very important issue to contribute to. So we're very happy to bring light to it. Can you please tell me about yourself? Like how, how did you find your way to this project? First of all, thank you very much, Anton, for reaching out. It's a pleasure to read the, that the United Citizens of Europe is interested in what we're doing. Um, so the project is about a fund, a European fund that we've created for the safeguard of arts and collections in Beirut after the blast of uh, 4 August. So we decided to, uh, to have this fund to, uh, to preserve and conserve the Lebanese heritage, which was extremely endangered uh, right after the blast. And that's why we thought of uh, focusing on the Sursuk Palace, which is the biggest and main icon in Beirut. Uh, it's one of the biggest attractions. It was a private palace, uh, but a kind of dreamy place where everyone wanted to have the, their weddings, embassies wanted to host their, uh, their receptions, their national days there. So we decided to focus on the Sursuk Palace to uh, renovate it, uh, renovate uh, the collections it contains, and open it as a museum as an, and, and, and cultural center. So when you say that it was private, you mean that uh, there was still some access of other people to this palace? It was kind of a place that you could rent or have, it was like a venue basically, right? The Sursok Palace is a private palace. It's a private residence owned mm -hmm. by the Sursok uh, Cochrane family. Mm -hmm. They used to rent out. They used to rent out the gardens as a venue for mm -hmm. uh, weddings uh, and receptions. But the interiors were uh, were uh, exclusive and and very private. Okay. Okay. Then I understood you incorrectly. So, in a way, the palace uh, after the renovation will become uh, absolutely public, a hundred percent accessible and open to the public 100%. Okay, that's, that sounds very great. And uh, can you tell me more about uh, how this idea was born about uh, transforming this palace into like museum, but for example, not, a, not something different? Sure, well, the idea is that behind this uh, European fund, which is called Restart Beirut, there are six co-founders. So we are six uh, co-founders and the executive committee. I'm the only Lebanese. The others are all based between Lausanne, Paris, Luxembourg, and London. We thought of, right after the blast, we thought of doing something for Lebanon. Uh, we thought of education. We thought of uh, humanitarian, uh, humanitarian assistance, but that was already covered. Uh, sadly, no one thought of uh, culture and, and, and heritage. So that's why we said, okay, let's, create a fund because in Lebanon there is no fund, there is no, uh, there's no institution that looked after cultural heritage, which is ex extremely important. Mm -hmm. So we thought, okay, let's do a fund and let's attack, let's, let's focus on the, on the palace as a first project. Okay. And uh, so oh, what is your, do you have any personal relation to, to the, to the palace or to the project? Um, like maybe, maybe some personal memories about. Uh... No, absolutely not. Okay. Well, yeah, I do. I'm... I do remember. I do remember because I've studied between myself. Myself, I studied between Beirut and Paris, and I do remember that during my bachelor studies, I interviewed the the owner, the late uh, the late mother of the current owner of the palace. 
Lady mm-hmm. Lady Yvonne or Cochrane when I was 18. And I remember I had I have this beautiful memory of going to the palace, you know, as a young uh, young young guy going to uh, entering this this private place where no one was able to put a foot in. So uh, it was quite a thrilling it was a quite a thrilling experience and, and I still have this memory of the, the place, the wonderful place the palace used to be. So it's also an idea, it's also the ideal and and, and a plan to to bring it back to life as it used to be before. Okay, and uh, what is the state of the of the palace now? How how bad is the is the state? Because I've seen I've seen some photographs and uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. yeah, I was going to say unfortunately the palace is very heavily damaged. It's uh, 450 meters away from the site of the blast, and it's been it's been very heavily damaged. Whether it be the interiors, the exteriors, the walls, the structure, the collections, everything, everything is completely damaged. 85, 90 to 90 percent of the paintings and collections. So we're talking about tapestries, paintings, wood, ceramics makes uh, chandelier um, you know just everything that is inside the palace was very happily damaged mm-hmm. so that's why we're here that's why we are uh, standing next to uh, the family to give a hand as we are the official tool to raise funds on the international level and help them rebuild and revive the glory of the Sorso palace mm-hmm. and so uh, did you manage to get some other international funds or organizations on your side so far? Well, we're a newborn uh, European fund. And uh, well, unfortunately, uh, the economic situation in Lebanon in the world with COVID is not really uh, the most, uh, the most mm-hmm. helpful. Uh, we're, doing, we're, we're doing our best. We have launched our first fundraising campaign in uh, December, on the 22nd of December 2020, mm-hmm. so a few days before Christmas. We were able to raise a very modest sum of donations that will help us fund four activities so far. So we're bringing on, uh, we're inviting uh, uh, Swiss experts to Lebanon in uh, February, in, in March, and then in June. We're inviting a French expert, a furniture French expert, to mm-hmm. come to Beirut as well uh, by the end of this month, if COVID, if COVID allows. Um, we're also sponsoring a database. We're creating a database uh, as a, a software, a unique software on which we can put all the um, the information on a unified platform. And uh, the the fourth activity we have is to start building, uh, create an atelier, a lab, a laboratory of uh, restoration and conservation on site instead of sending out and shipping the paintings and, and art collections abroad, everything will be renovated on site, on the premises. Mm-hmm. And this but is... this is definitely not enough. This is definitely not enough. Uh, uh, seeing the, well, compared to, compared to damages and, and the grandeur and, and you know, mm-hmm. of what, is, of what is destroyed and damaged at the palace, because we're talking about uh, 8 to 10 million euros of, of uh, for reconstruction and, and renovation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, as I understood, this uh, four points of the plan that you told me, uh, they are the immediate plan. This is the, the very immediate uh, set of actions that you're going to undertake, right? 
Indeed, we're looking for funds for in, for additional funds now to uh, to secure the premises, uh, install scaffoldings. Um, so these are also very very important and urgent works that need to be undertaken, especially that it's winter now and there are heavy storms. So securing the premises is uh, high top on our priority list. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you please elaborate what is the ideal goal, except for a complete restoration of the physical palace? Uh, what else do you plan there? Well, the ideal plan is to open the palace in 2025 as a museum and as a cultural center. We have divided the big project, which, which is the renovation of the palace and its transformation into a museum into smaller projects. Mm -hmm. So the palace will be open uh, little by little, room by room. Once we renovate a room, you know, we move to the other room, we we host an exhibition or a concert, and then, you know, so this will help us keep the place alive and, and, and have uh, several cultural activities uh, running inside the place. Mm -hmm. So the, the ideal, and it's a plan, it's not, it's not a utopia, you know, it's, this is the plan. Uh, the Sister Palace will become a cultural hub in Lebanon. Uh, as Lebanon uh, needs, especially Beirut, lacks of uh, green spaces. There's 1,000 square meters of green spaces surrounding the palace, uh, lacks of museums. So there will be an additional museum in Beirut. It will also be a place that uh, will host concerts, exhibitions, international exhibitions, international concerts, mm -hmm. workshops, artistic residencies. So this is also extremely important because there will be on premises, uh, on site next to the palace, there's a small pavilion where uh, we are going to uh, build a, a small house to accommodate the two artists uh, every six months that will come on a rotation basis to uh, to the palace. So it's, a, it's going to be like in a full-on artist residency? Yes, a very lively and dynamic place for, uh, for artists. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's going to be like a separate uh, organization curating this, uh, this palace after it's restored or is it going to be restored Beirut? Well, Research Beirut is here to help uh, raise funds for the renovation and the mm -hmm. opening of the palace as a museum. There will be a different management uh, company uh, run by the family itself mm -hmm. that will uh, do the curation and uh, the management of the museum along with Restart Beirut as a consultant. Mm -hmm. So it kind of it kind of reminds me of the restoration story behind uh, Jacques Marandre uh, Museum in Paris. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is it uh, is it kind exactly. of similar? Exactly, it's exactly the same story. Uh, so we're based on, I mean, Lebanon has no Maison Musée. Uh -huh. uh, so it will be the first Maison Musée that will be open to the public, similar to Jacques Marandré, Nissim uh, de Camondo, uh, Blanham Palace. So yes, the Sursa, the, the, the Sursa Cochrane Palace will be uh, very similar to Jacques uh -huh. Marandré. Where great. people can just come and visit uh, the headquarters, well, the, the quarters where the Sursa family used to live. Mm -hmm. uh, attend an exhibition or a concert, and then later on they can visit the boutique mm -hmm. and uh, and have a coffee at the, 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 the there will be a very nice coffee place and enjoy enjoy a cocktail, enjoy a, enjoy a concert in the gardens. So the idea is to uh, animate to have a, a dynamic and, and and a very lively place in the heart of Beirut. That's great. I, I hope I really hope it works because the palace looks very beautiful even even when it's a ruin. And I think it's also kind of uh, a measure of beauty that uh, even if it's ruined and it's still beautiful, then it's definitely an amazing place, an amazing space. Uh, mm -hmm. Is there is there something that uh, our listeners can do to contribute to the restoration of this place? By spreading the word at first. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, we want, because since we are a European fund, we are a new baby in the philanthropy world. Uh, the advantage is that we are a European fund under the King Baldwin Foundation, which is the second biggest philanthropy associate foundation in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it also gives us an extremely important credibility and transparency towards our donors. We do offer tax deductions to whoever wants to donate. Mm-hmm. So by spreading the word, by advertising, by, uh, by uh, you know, we're, we're open to any kind of collaborations, especially mm-hmm. especially that we are young. The, the, executive, the executive committee is young while we're all in our 30s. Um, we're very focused on young talents. We're very focused on having youth, on, on academic exchange between Lebanon and abroad. So these are the objectives of Restart Beirut, not, not just to restore and rebuild walls, but also to have this human aspect and, uh, and, and academic exchange fostering and creating employment for locals, uh, encouraging academic exchange between here and, and abroad. Uh, while we do have the know-how in Lebanon, we will get the expertise from abroad. You know, mm-hmm. so this is already kind of a partnership and collaboration that we're looking into. So any kind of volunteering, any kind of uh, expertise is more than welcome. Well, of course, and donations too. Any kind of donations from five euros to 50 uh-huh. to 100 to 500 euros is extremely important, especially at this early uh, stage. And donations can be made via your website. Donations can be very easily and securely made via our website, www.restartbeirut.org. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, people from uh, the EU, uh, Canada, the States uh, can claim, uh, can have the, the can, can benefit from tax deductions as I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. Well, that's great. I, I really hope that uh, the project continues really well. It's very promising and uh, I can just wish you the best of luck with this enterprise. Thank you. Thank you very much. I also invite you to uh, to have a look at our social media channels. So we're on Instagram, Restart Beirut, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to having as many as you uh, in Beirut for a, for a private tour of the palace. Sure, sure. I hope it will happen. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed our episode. Um, make sure you follow us, you rate us five stars on Apple Podcast. And make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our Twitter. You can find us as United Citizens of Europe. See you next week.